the sound of the horn. Welcome to an all-new Legendary Clipcast. I'm your host, Chris Wilde, celebrating today the healthy, undefeated Los Angeles Clippers. That's right. The LA Clippers are a perfect 10-0 when 100% healthy. When they're 100%, they are batting a perfect 1,000. They are winning at a 100% clip when all players are available, when they have a healthy roster, which they have. They currently have a healthy roster. They are currently on the best active win streak in the NBA. Your Clippers, your LA Clippers are officially the hottest team in the NBA going into that sweet, sweet marquee matchup Sunday afternoon versus the dreaded and hated Elward, where right now we're up 2-0 on the season. If you go back, I don't know, the past eight years, we have owned the Elward. They are our property. We own them. Yes, they are ahead of us in the Western Conference standings, but we all know, because we listen to this show, the number one team at Staples Center is your Clippers. The number two team at Staples Center is the horrible, awful L word. And the number three team at Staples Center is the laughable Hockey Kings. The Clippers are better in that building than the L word. The Clippers are better overall than every team in the NBA when 100% healthy. They have won 100% of their games when healthy. When you look at that, when you look at that perfect 10-0 record, we are a perfect 10 when everybody's available. And look at what the L Word's doing. They're scrambling. They just signed Dion Waiters. They just picked up Markeith Morris. You know who's better than Dion Waiters and Markeith Morris? Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris. We have the best team in basketball. The only team that scurs me. And I'm mildly scurred. I'm not like 100% shaking in my boots scurred. The only team that scurs me is the team that swept us on the season. Granted, we weren't healthy. The Milwaukee Bucks, the best team in the NBA record-wise. But we know what Kawhi Leonard did to those Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Down 0-2, what does he do? Wins four in a row. But friends, if we ever see Milwaukee again, it's in the NBA Finals and every day is Christmas. Every day is Halloween. Dress up in your best costume of a crazy Clipper fan because hallelujah, we are in the promised land. We are the Western Conference champs. Remember when I asked Coach Doc Rivers, who, by the way, is one win away from tying number 11 best win total ever for NBA coaches. And guess who number 11 is? He's got 938 career wins as a coach. Doc's got 937 with that crushing defeat in Houston. Houston, you have a problem. You have no center. Why didn't Houston just put their center in? Oh, right. They don't have a center. Stupid idiots. So, Doc Rivers, 937 career wins as a coach. 12th. 12th overall. (laughs) Chris, it's time to speak now on your speaking show. I think I'm not speaking as well because the music (laughs) underneath me went away. All right. Focus. Teeth, tongue, and lips. Now, coordinate with your brain and speak the words into the microphone. 
Doc is 12th overall, most winning NBA coach in NBA history at 937. Guess who number 11 is? Oh, ain't it sweet. If we beat the L word, if, when we beat the L word Sunday afternoon, guess who Doc Rivers ties on the all-time NBA coach win list? Why not Red Auerbach? Yes, Celtic coach great Red Auerbach, the L word's enemy, our old friend. Remember, folks, we traded franchises. The owner of the Celtics and the owner of the then Buffalo Braves, they just swapped teams. We've got a long storied history working out with the Celtics. The C's and the C's are buddies, okay? C is Spanish for yes. And the Clippers and the Celtics have long helped each other out. We've got a lot of similarities. We both hate the L word. That's that's our both shared enemy. Doc Rivers, as you know, won his ring with the Celtics. He's going to win his second ring with the Clippers. And he's about to tie, arguably, one of the top two greatest Celtic coaches of all time, Red Auerbach, with a win versus the L word. And then Bill Fitch, whoever that is. I'm sorry, folks. I just know a lot about the Clippers and then every other team I don't care about. So Bill Fitch, who was a coach of a team I don't know. Let's say the 70s Knicks. I have, literally have no idea. I, I don't recognize that name, but regardless, Bill Fitch is number 10 all time with 944. Doc is seven wins away from being in the top 10 greatest coaches of all time. But before we go in on how great a coach Doc Rivers is, let's go back to having all the puzzle pieces. Being 100% healthy. Again, we are 10 and 0. I asked Doc Rivers, number 12 all-time on the NBA coaching win list, about to tie his buddy Red Auerbach at number 11. I asked Doc, what was it like finally being healthy? Do you remember when I asked him that? Do you not remember? Yes, you remember, and you want to hear it again. No, you don't remember, and you want to hear it. Regardless, here it is. Afternoon game. What's the rush? <laughs> Where are you guys going? Where are you going? I'm going to go to eat. You want to know where? No. You know, since you're all the men, no, not correct. It's too early. That's for later night. <laughs> Doc, how good did it feel to have all the pieces of the puzzle finally? It was nice. You know, it was really nice. Um, you know, and I liked a lot of things we did. I liked a little small lineup with Sham and Kawhi and PG uh, and Pat. Uh, we never did it with Lou, so all the shooters on the floor. So I, I did like that. Uh, I liked our movement offensively. Uh, so. Well, that was good. It's a good win for us. We just needed to get a win and get back to being normal, you know, as much as we can. Yes, the Clippers' new normal is when healthy, they are undefeated. 10-0, and 0, which bodes so well for the NBA playoffs, which are right around the corner, friends. I love Doc Rivers. Did you notice in that clip, clip, did you notice in that clip where the first player he mentions is not Kawhi, is not Paul George, is not Lou Williams, is not Montrez Harrell, not part of that f- beautiful 420 club, 420, where we've got five guys that are averaging 18 or more in this season. God bless our squad. Did you notice who the first player is that he mentioned? Listen. You know, and I liked a lot of things we did. I liked a little small lineup with Sham and Kawhi. And first PG. person, Sham. Landry Sham and Sham, wow, gosh, darn it. Listen to that. That's, I think he's even doing this subconsciously. 
I hearken back to the first time I ever got my media credentials, and it was media day for a brand new age of Clippers with new coach Doc Rivers, then owner Donald Sterling. We've got that big three in their third season now. And who's the first player Doc mentions back then? What was that, seven years ago? Wasn't Blake Griffin that he mentioned. It wasn't Chris Paul that he mentioned first. It was DeAndre Jordan. I'm telling you, no, that was a conscious decision, I feel. But maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was another subconscious decision. But look what Doc Rivers does. He instills confidence in his team. The last thing that Kawhi Leonard needs is confidence. That man is the all-star MVP. That man is the NBA Finals MVP. That man has got two chips. That man's got confidence. He is a robot programmed to play and win basketball games. Doc Rivers is such a great confidence booster, leader, instiller, the first player he names. When I say, hey, how was it finally getting all the puzzle pieces together? The first player he names is Landry Shamit, second-year wonderkind sharpshooter. That's so brilliant. Doc Rivers for president 2020, 2024, and then let's let him get a third term. I love Doc Rivers. He comes in seven years ago, and literally the first player he mentions by name is DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan was horribly misused by Vinny Del Negro, Vinny Vidivici, Vinny Del Negligent. Horrible. What a horrible coach. What a waste of Lob City that was. And let's not even talk about how horrible the owner is because I'm looking forward and I'm looking at the present and I'm looking in the past 10 games where we were healthy. I'm looking at the past six games because we're on a six-game win streak. It's the current longest active win streak in the NBA. We're the hottest team in the NBA. And tonight, Milwaukee Bucks go to Staples Center to hopefully dish out a loss for the Los Angeles L-word. I can't wait to watch that game tonight. And then Sunday, it's Clippers L-word, Battle LA. If and when we go up 3-0, wow, what a statement that will be. We are gaining on the L-word. The L-word fell to Memphis. The L-word have a very difficult stretch right now. Friday, tonight, versus the best team in the league. Sunday, versus the best team in the building. They've got two teams that are better than them. Coming up, the 10-0, undefeated, healthy Clippers. The team that's only lost nine times all season, the Milwaukee Bucks. And they've got a very difficult stretch after that. I'm Brooklyn Nets, let's say, but there's definitely two Utah games. It's not the L word cast. They've got a difficult stretch. If we can continue winning and staying 100% healthy, we just might get that one seed, folks. We just might get it. We are now 62 games deep into the season, 20 games left of the regular season, and then all that matters are those 16 wins in the postseason to get us to that beautiful championship parade on Figueroa. Where will we be booed by bitter L-word fans? Or will the dumb L-word fans have learned their lesson from their fallen hero to put petty differences aside and to cheer champions who may or may not have that Mamba mentality. So much to talk about on the big, big show. Celebrating Doc Rivers as he 
inevitably joins the top 10 list of greatest NBA coaches all time. I've said on this show many times, he's the best black coach in the history of the NBA. Why does race matter? Well, it matters because it mattered that Barack Obama was the first black president. It mattered. It mattered. It mattered that a woman ran for president and got three million more votes. It matters to little girls all over the world. It's a shame that they haven't seen a female president, but that's another show. That's DC cast, where we every now and then talk about the Washington Bullets, nay, Wizards. But it matters to little black kids all over planet Earth that Barack Obama was president. And they look at that and they say, one day I can be president. Hell, one day I can be the coach of the Clippers. Why does it matter that a black coach is in the top 10 greatest coaches, greatest win list of all time? It matters. That matters. Young black kids look up to Doc Rivers, look up to Kawhi Leonard, look up to Paul George, look up to these guys as they should. I have a biracial son. It matters that there was a biracial president. It matters. These things matter. Black lives matter. Clippers matter. Clipper Nation matters. <laughs> what is matter? Let's look up the definition of matter. Matter, physical substance in general, as distinct from mind and spirit. In physics, that which occupies space and possesses rest mass, especially as distinct from energy. Also, an affair or situation under consideration, a topic. Yes, it matters. It is weighty physics stuff that matters. And it matters that Doc Rivers is the coach. He is the great motivator. He is the great confidence instiller. He is the best NBA coach, I think, in the game right now. Why do I think that? Well, who else has won it all? Steve Kerr, his team stinks. Greg Popovich, his team stinks. What's his name? Spolstra? His team's all right. And good for them. They beat the Bucks the other day. Good for them. Good for you, Spolstra. And what about Jim Carrey over there coaching the Dallas Mavericks? He won a chip. Good for him. His team's, you know, seventh best in the West. I say Doc Rivers is the best active coach, and people could argue that it's Pop, and sure, I'll give you that. But look what Pop was able to do with Kawhi Leonard. Some could argue that he squandered Kawhi Leonard. I'll tell you who's not squandering Kawhi Leonard. It's Doc Rivers. Kawhi Leonard's having the best season of his NBA career, and because of load management, he won't win the NBA regular season MVP. But guess what? Guess what Kawhi doesn't care about? Regular season nonsense. He doesn't even give a damn that he was the all-star MVP. He doesn't give a sham. He doesn't care. All he cares about, sure, it was a big deal. It was nice. What matters to Kawhi is that his number hangs from the rafters at San Diego State. What matters to Kawhi is that he's got a happy, healthy family. What matters to Kawhi is that he wins it all. He is a champion. He's got two rings with two franchises. He did something that no one thought anyone could do, brought an NBA championship to Canada. Canada, eh? Sorry. Sorry we, le Sorry we don't have you anymore, Kawhi. But good luck, and here's some maple syrup and some molson golden, eh? He's a champion. What did he do? He went to Toronto, gave him their first ever franchise Eastern Conference Championship, gave him their first ever franchise conference championship, gave him their first ever franchise championship berth, finals berth, and then gave them their first ever championship. If this man 
when this man does this, especially if and when it's back-to-back seasons with back-to-back lovable losing franchises like the Raptors, a team named after Jurassic Park, literally. Remember Jurassic Park? The, The movie... The movie came out in the 90s. Everybody loved it. And then they named a basketball team after Velociraptors. How stupid and silly was that? I prefer clipper ships. I prefer multi-sailed vessels. I prefer boats on the championship seas. Going to sail to Championship Island. Anyway, regardless, I'm not here to throw shade on the Raptors, but I'd like to throw some shade on something else entirely, and I'll get to that in a second. But... I am here to talk about Kawhi Leonard, Doc Rivers, and their perfect when healthy team. And currently we are healthy. And we needed this win streak. We needed this momentum as we march into the playoffs. The most important month in the NBA regular season is March. It's the last full month before April. And then the most important season, the postseason. So figure it all out in March. You really got to figure it all out before March so you can march into the playoffs. Well, guess who the hottest team in the NBA is in March? Your L.A. Clippers, folks. We got a big show. We're going to hear from Hollywood Hank to hear some of his hot Hollywood takes. Let's go to that now. Hello, Clippers fans. Hello, Clipcast listeners. It's me, Burbank Hank. I miss you. We miss you too, pal. You know, I'm on location, secret location. I'm not allowed to talk about the project. Uh, That's why I'm Hollywood Hank right now. I miss you guys. You know, I've been missing my family. I've been missing my son and my daughter and my wife and my life at home, but um, don't tell them. Shh, I miss you more. I miss us, Clipcast fans. Uh, Man, some exciting stuff going on with the Clippers. It's so great to see them 100% healthy. That Rockets game was a blast to watch. I think anytime you're up 25 points at the half, that's pretty amazing. Maybe more notable um, is some pretty incredible three-point defense that we put on James Harden. Uh, And maybe some answers to the questions of whether or not this small ball thing is going to work in the playoffs. Uh, And I I know we're not in the playoffs yet, but if you ask me, anytime the Clippers play a game, there's playoff energy. People have stuff to prove against us. uh, And I think that we are going to start seeing these Clippers really turn a corner. We already are. Um, I'll really turn a corner uh, and push with some new vigor now that we're on the other side of the All-Star break and now that everybody is healthy. If you'll excuse me one second. That sound is me knocking on wood in my hotel room that we stay healthy. Because when we are healthy, guess what? Clippers are 10-0 and with a complete roster. Unstoppable with a complete roster. And we held Harden to a pretty abysmal shooting night, um, which feels good. It feels really good. I especially always love to shut the Rockets down, especially because some, some of the snarky comments we've gotten from specifically Russell Westbrook about my man, Pat Beverly. You know how I feel about him. I love him so much. But what I'd really like to talk about is Doc Rivers pushing closer and closer to the top 10 all-time win list as an NBA head coach. Uh, if I'm doing my math right, I think believe he's seven games out. Uh, we've got a, a, a schedule coming up. We are definitely on the very light end as far as difficulty goes for the end of the season. Um, I want to say that we're we're top five in the league as far as the ease of the end of our season. And it should be like that because this front half of our season was so hard. Oh my gosh, it was tough. As you know, Clippers fans, um, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying. Uh, but we've got a, we got a lineup coming up here that makes me feel like we will he will easily get into the top 10. 
uh, all-time win list by the end of March. Uh, there's a little stretch there where we play the Knicks uh, and Chris's formerly uh, New Jersey Nets, now the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I think that we're going to notch that win sometime around that late March, mid to late March, Suns, Knicks, Nets run. But who knows? Maybe much faster. It's going to be very interesting to see. We're going to six-game win streak here. I think we all got really used to the idea that the uh, the Clippers are going to drop um, some easy games along the way. But are we going to now have to rethink what we think about this team? That's a big question for Chris. Chris, are we now in, in rebranding mode? Because we all got sort of freaked out at the fact that the Clippers were not um, showing up to these. We'd play great teams and beat them, and we'd play terrible teams and lose to them. Is Are those days done? Are we now going to see a run um, that shocks the critics of the Los, Los Angeles Clippers. I hope so. Um, but this is going to be very, this is a very exciting time. Uh, def, definitely when you get up towards the top of the list uh, it, it, with Don Nelson at the top of the all-time coaching wins list, as I recall, I really should be looking at this stuff. There's really no reason for me to not be looking it up, but I believe he's at the top of the list. Um it's going to be tough to get that many wins in short order, but man, to see him get into the top 10 is exciting. He's definitely my favorite Clippers coach. Um, there have been, you know, I had a lot of love for Mike Dunleavy as a teacher of men, as a molder of basketball talent, uh, but you need that kind of coach. This is an important point that kind of came to me as I was thinking about this subject. You need that kind of coach when you never get any veteran stars. You need to have somebody who is great at coaching young players and teaching them how to play in the NBA when all you do is get draft picks because you're terrible. And now that we're trading our draft picks, what you need is a solid, strong coach who brings cohesion and that players want to play for. Um, so I love Doc Rivers. He's definitely my favorite NBA, co uh, my favorite uh, Clippers coach. Um, previously, I would have said Mike Dunleavy. I love him. I especially love when people would scream, fire Dunleavy, and then whenever... <laughs> When we would win, Chris and I at games would scream, fire Dunleavy. And then when he was gone and we got other coaches um, and we would lose, uh, with Vinny Del Negro, we would scream, fire Dunleavy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I love some Doc Rivers. Look, if you're asking me, Chris, uh, my favorite all-time NBA coach, you're not going to like this because for a time he was um, one of the best coaches the Los Angeles Lakers have ever had. Uh, but Phil Jackson is tough to beat. He's got the most wins of any NBA coach as a head coach with 11, six with the Bulls, five with the Lakers. Uh, it's tough to overcome those numbers. Um, and the but, but man, golly, he never coached for the Clippers, so I'm just going to leave it at that and say that it's Doc Rivers' all-time favorite as my Clippers coach. Uh, and that's it. Fans, I should be back next week, week after, back in the, uh, the Clipcast booth. Uh, in the Vivid Seats Studios right now, I'm in the Vivid Seats Studios uh, Satellite Edition. I keep almost saying the city, and I'm going to get in trouble if I do that. I signed a big, fat NDA, non-disclosure agreement. Um, but, hang, man, Clippers fans, we are in a great run right now. I hope you keep enjoying it. I hope you keep listening to Clipcast and sharing it. Uh, and uh, that's all. Chris, what do you think about all this? Well, oh, uh, one tell, more thing. Oh, no. Before I go, I do no, have Hank. some expert analysis. No, I know what you're about to do, Hank. Uh, don't do Chris, it. get out a pen and paper. No, I will not. Don't mind. Stop um, it. Don't you do it, Hank. Don't you do curse you hollywood hank i don't know who's more intolerable with those blasted toot toots burbank hank or hollywood hank i mean burbank hank when he toot toots in front of me 
I can combat it by tooting out of my tutor <laughs> with a stinky toot hole. Anyway, but then, you know, Hollywood Hank's toot toots at least are just on tape, and then he's not going to retort with more toot toots. Toot toot. Ah, you're not even hearing your tooting. How, Hank? How? All right, folks. First of all, there's a lot of things I want to address because while Hank was talking, I went to a thing called the World Wide Web and I looked a bunch of stuff up. And I am a dumbass. I am a functioning dumbass, but gosh darn it, Landry Shamit, I am a member of Clipper Nation and I love Clipper Nation. And I moved to Los Angeles in 1998, became a Clipper fan in 2001 with the Knuckleheads, became a Clippers season ticket holder in 2002, went to basically every home game since. That's eight years of home games so I know a lot about 18 years of Clippers but what I don't know a lot about is anything apparently before 2001 because in 2001 I believe the LA Clippers head coach was Alvin Gentry but did you know folks that in 1998 the Clippers coach was Bill Fitch, yes, Bill Fitch, William Charles Fitch who was an NBA champion coach with the Boston Celtics. So how perfect is that? That Doc is going to leapfrog Red Auerbach to get to Celtic champion coach Bill Fitch, who he will leapfrog into the top 10. And by the way, here I am saying many, many, many times, and you're probably believing me, which maybe, let's just take everything I say with a grain of salt. I'm an entertainer, folks. I'm not friggin' Wikipedia. I'm not Frigopedia over here. Forget about it. I'm sitting here telling you that the winningest black coach in the history of the NBA is Doc Rivers. Well, guess what? I was dead wrong. It's Lenny Wilkins, number two on the all-time win list. Lenny Wilkins is your winningest black NBA coach. So Doc Rivers has got a long way to go before he surpasses Lenny Wilkins, folks. The winningest coach in NBA history, I believe, Hank, you may have gotten this right. I just assumed it was Jerry Sloan. It's number one, Don Nelson. Number two, Lenny Wilkins. Although I'm pretty sure number three, Greg Popovich, has actually leapfrogged all of those guys. I think it's now actually Pop who's the number one. 1,335 is Donnie Nelson's win total. And Don Nelson looks like just a lovable drunk, doesn't he? Lenny Wilkins, the most successful black NBA coach of all time, with 1,332 wins. Pop, I don't, I don't know. This isn't Spurs cast, which P.S. is the longest-running NBA podcast. I assumed it was Clipcast in its eighth glorious season. But, like, I think Spurs podcasters were using CB radios back in the day because they've been at it even longer than us. I think they're up to, like, 15 years. Who was podcasting 15 years ago? Podcasting wasn't even a thing. There's Jerry Sloan, longtime lovable loser, 1,221 total wins. I call him a lovable loser because he never won a chip. Lenny Wilkins won a chip. Popovich won a chip. Bunch of chips. Don Nelson, did you ever win a chip? Golly, I don't want to look these non-Clipper coaches up. Pat Riley, number five. Number six, George Carl. Yeah. Number seven is Hank's all-time favorite coach, Phil Jackson. I totally get that. It's pretty impressive to see him get three three-peats as an NBA coach. Eight, Larry Brown. He's got a chip, and he was a former Clipper coach, Rick Adelman, number nine, and Red Auerbach, number 10. Excuse me, Red Auerbach, number 11, Bill Fitch, number 10. Bill Fitch was the coach of the Nets. Bill Fitch was the coach of the Clippers. Bill Fitch won his chip with the Celtics. So, Doc Rivers, man, I still stand by everything I've said because 
No one has memory in this modern age. We only care about right now. We are in this culture of what's trending now. Let's talk about what everyone's talking about. Let's forget about the past, which I don't agree with it. History repeats itself, but that's just the fact of where we are as a society. We only care about what's happening now. So Lenny Wilkins is, you can argue, the greatest black NBA coach of all time. He had a chip with Seattle Supersonics. I talk about the greatest active black coach, Doc Rivers. Going to go into the top 10 list all time. He's there now. Pop is there now. A lot of active coaches. Some of them have moved over into the executive branch, if you will, like Pat Riley. We know Phil Jackson is off on some hike right now doing yoga, levitating six feet off the ground. Maybe, maybe, maybe with Bill Walton. Maybe. (laughs) Appearing in each other's waking dreams. Regardless. Doc Rivers, we love you. You came to this Clipper culture with then Diamond Don, biggest scumbag of all time. Now Diamond Don's been put out to pasture and rich guy living hell. We hate him. And it's been replaced with Dolan. And I bring up Dolan because, holy cow, wow. What is happening with the form? So James Dolan owns the Knicks, and he stinks, and all this Spike Lee stuff. Spike Lee's been going in the same entrance, and then Dolan said he can't use that entrance because it's the employee entrance. By the way, who cares? When Billy Crystal goes to Clipper games, he can use whatever entrance he wants. When James L. Brooks goes to Clipper games, use whatever entrance you want. I know Chris Pratt likes to go to Clippers games. When you're a big, shining Hollywood star like Spike Lee, New York legend, do whatever you want. When Spike Lee comes to Clippers and the Knicks are on the road at Staples Center, if he just happens to be in town, I know he hates L.A., but regardless, if Spike Lee was here, come on in, any entrance you want. Whatever. We're not going to give Spike a hard time. We certainly don't give Billy Crystal a hard time. We certainly don't give James L. Brooks a hard time. We certainly don't give Floyd Mayweather a hard time. He's always at the games. Nobody more than Billy Crystal and James L. Brooks, though. James L. Brooks, Academy Award-winning director, producer of The Simpsons. James L. Brooks is like Hollywood icon. He goes to every game. He's been to every single game since the Sports Arena 84 Clippers. That guy is psychotic for the Clippers, and I love him. Canyon Jim, at Canyon Jim. Follow him on Twitter. Tell him that you love him, that you love Terms of Endearment, and as good as it gets, broadcast news. Sure, 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 sure. Spanglish, I believe, Adam Sandler. That's a James L. Brooks. I call him Jim. I call him Jim Brooks. Anyway, Simpsons. You heard about them? Oh! Simpsons, sure. That's why if you are a Simpsons fan, they always have a little bit of a loving nod to the Clippers on the Simpsons. The few times they reference them, it's it's a reference of love. It comes from a loving place. Mmm, Clippers. James Brooks, we're not going to send you in some regular schmuck entrance, although our Clippers celebrities are never going to go on TV and complain about the Clippers like Spike Lee because James Dolan is a giant, festering butthole. He is such a piece of crap. And he, I don't know how he gets his money, something to do with MSG, but James Dolan owns MSG, let's say, and he owns the Knicks, and MSG owns the Forum, the Great Western Forum which is now just a concert venue. It's been deactivated as a basketball arena and is now a world-class concert venue. So here's the thing about the forum. Why is that interesting? Why does that pertain to Clipper Nation when it was the L words? Great home for many, many years, championship years. Because the Clippers want to open 
the Balmer Sports Access Center or Ballsack. I guess they're calling it the Clippers Arena. The Clippers Arena of Inglewood. It'll be the only arena named after a basketball team, which happens all the time in ballparks. In baseball stadiums like Dodgers Stadium, sure, it's named after the team, but it doesn't happen in the NBA. The Sleep Train Arena, the Walking Stick Casino Arena, the Smoothie King Center. We have arenas named after office supply stores. We have arenas named after mattresses. We don't have any arenas in the NBA named after the team until soon. (laughs) Coming soon. Why is this interesting? Well, we want to open the Clippers Arena of Inglewood. Apparently, there is a clause in the city contract with the forum dating back to God knows when. But when the Great Western Forum opened, there's some clause in the contract. Not Santa Claus. Oh, oh, oh. But some stinky clause that says they can be the only basketball arena in Inglewood. So what is what is Uncle Steve Ballmer, the lovable Scrooge McDuck, the richest owner in Maybe all of sports, but certainly the richest owner in American sports. What is he going to do to get around this clause of the Great Western Forum having to be the only basketball arena in the city of Inglewood? Which, P.S., it's not even a basketball arena. It's like a world-class concert venue. They discontinued basketball there. But regardless, how does he get through this legal loophole? Steve Ballmer wants to buy the Forum. How amazing would that be? To quote the great Clipper Darrell, the first time I heard him say this was in 2006, and he was a little bit ahead of himself, but maybe he's a soothsayer. But he said, the Clipper, excuse me, the Laker era is over. It's Clipper time. Like he loves to say, the Laker era is over. It's Clipper time. It is definitely Clipper time, and the Laker era is definitely over. I think them being number one in the West is a blip in their radar. As we know, they've been horrible losers for the past decade. Yes, 10 years ago, they won the championship, and they haven't done anything since. And since Dr. Jerry Buss died, they haven't done anything. They haven't had a winning season since Dr. Buss died. Now they have finally figured it out to have a winning season, but I'm telling you, it's a blip in the radar. Jeannie Buss is an idiot. She doesn't know what the hell she's doing. I have no faith in Mitch Cupcake. I'm sorry, but that team is a dumpster fire. They are on their current longest streak ever. Both the Clippers and the Lakers, I just said it, both the Clippers and the L Word are in their current longest active drought of appearances in the NBA Finals. Now, obviously, the Clippers haven't been there in 50 years, see ever, And the Lakers haven't been there in 10 years, which is the longest drought in franchise history. Why? Dr. Buss is dead. Kobe Bryant is dead. The Laker era is dead. The Great Western Forum is going to be bought by Steve Ballmer. What will he do with the Forum? Well, first of all, he'll own that contract. So that contract loophole of, well, the Forum's got to be the only basketball arena in Inglewood. Well, guess what? The new owner says, nah, nah. Or the new owner says, oh, is that true? Well, let's raise it to the ground and put up a plaque that says, on this site, nothing that mattered happened. (laughs) What will he do with the forum? Now, I know Steve Ballmer is very, very wealthy. And I know and I've known and I've said this on this show for, I mean, literally, I think the better part of a decade. When Ballmer entered the foray, Okay, not the forum, but the foray, the Clipper Nation foray. When he came in and bought the team for a cool two billion bucks, which he just happened to have in his Venmo account 
which he happened to have in his back pocket in his Clipper Velcro wallet. He bought them for $2 bucks. Now, my Clipper Insider told me way back in the day, my Clipper Insider told me, Ballmer wants his own arena. Ballmer wants out of Staples Center. Ballmer's doing everything he can to get out of the lease. He couldn't get out of the lease. He has to stay at Staples Center in that rental contract as the third on the totem. I guess we have a little bit more priority than when the Harlem Globetrotters come to town, but I would argue that we're probably in the pecking order lower than the Sparks. But regardless, we know that the Kings are owned by AEG and so is Staples Center. And then the Lakers, the Lakers and the Kings, it's all about Lakers, Kings, Lakers, Kings, Lakers, Kings. Well, screw those guys. We are third at best on the totem. We get the dumbest schedule every single season in the NBA because we are third banana at our stadium. That's right. It's a bunch of bananas now. We're third banana. We don't get the picks. But So what does Ballmer do? Ballmer says, I want my own arena. Why? Because Ballmer is a rich guy who wants to get richer. Ballmer hates the fact that he's not making money at his own games. He wants to own an arena. He wants to make money at his arena every night. The only time Ballmer is making money at his arena, which is not his arena, Staples Center is not Ballmer's. Ballmer only gets money from ticket sales, from jersey sales. I don't even think he's making beer and pretzel bucks at his own games. He's just making money on tickets and merchandise. It's just not fair for poor, poor, rich Uncle Steve. So what does Uncle Steve want? He wants his own arena. Why? So he can make money on pretzels and beers every night. So he can make money on tickets sold to everything, not just Clippers games, but Rihanna concerts and Harlem Globetrotters exhibitions. I believe they're exhibitions. They're not actual games. I saw the Harlem Globetrotters game, and wouldn't you know it, the Washington Generals cheated and changed the score, but by God, the Globetrotters won in the end. Phew! My son would have been so upset if the Globetrotters lost their first game ever. Regardless, Ballmer wants an arena. Ballmer is crazy, so what's better than one arena? Two arenas. How crazy is that going to be? And I think Ballmer is so rich and so crazy that when he buys the forum, he could literally... Pay rent at Staples Center up until 2024. Once he buys the form, that loophole's gone. He can build his Clippers Arena whenever he wants. Do we stay at the Staples Center? Do we pay rent at the Staples Center in that fourth year of our remaining four-year lease, but then just play elsewhere? Do we play? I don't think we ever play in the forum, honestly. I mean, we could. We could have have a game called the Spite Bowl. (laughs) We could invite other teams to come in and play like what if all of a sudden the Clippers play in the form I don't think the Clippers will ever play in the form it's too 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 spiteful it's too petty Tom Petty's dead so's Dr. Buss so's Kobe so's the Laker era it's dead the Clipper era is here it's Clipper time so when Steve Ballmer buys the form what's he gonna do with it I have no idea this is very exciting he's got to keep it right he's got to keep it as a world-class music venue and then down the street He's going to build his own pearl of the NBA, the crown jewel of NBA arenas, the arena that is built specifically for Clippers basketball. I went to a game in Charlotte, Hornets, then DeAndre Jordan's Mavericks. Luka Doncic just left Doncic put on a show in his rookie year. This was last year. I went to a Hornets game. Hornets almost beat the Nuggets. Oh, that would have helped us the other night. But regardless, I went to a Hornets game. That arena was built specifically for basketball. There is a big difference. 
in attending a game at an arena specifically built for basketball as opposed to, let's say, a Staples Center, which is built for hockey, basketball, and concerts. It's a big difference. When an arena is built specifically for basketball, it's a better arena experience. When an arena is built specifically for Clippers basketball, well, that just might be the best damn Clipper Nation experience of all time. And we may experience it as soon as before 2024. The goal is to break ground in 2021. But if Steve Ballmer buys the Great Western Forum, perhaps that loophole disappears. Perhaps he can break ground even sooner. But at the very latest, we are breaking ground next year. It'll take three years to build, and then we will be ready to go in 2024. But what if Ballmer owns the Great Western Forum? Does he repurpose it? Does he repurpose it to be a basketball arena? Do we go play some games in the Forum while our own arena is being built? Can we now put our foot on the gas of building our world-class Clipper-exclusive Clipper experience, Clippers Arena? Can we now get it going a little faster so that actually we don't have to wait until 2024? I don't know. Time will tell. But I have been talking about this for over six years that the Clippers are getting an arena. And I remember two years after I started talking about it, Arash Markazi talked about it, and then it became a story. But the, to the true Clipper Nation faithfuls, you know about this new arena, and you've known about it a long time because of toot toot me. <laughs> I'm tooting my own horn, Clipper Nation. Well, hats off to Doc Rivers, NBA coach. I still say he's better than Lenny Wilkins. He's the best black coach in NBA history. He's my favorite, regardless of race, NBA coach in NBA history. I love him. I love Doc Rivers. I'm spoiled. I've never been in a locker room that wasn't captained by Doc Rivers. I got my media credentials the same day that Doc Rivers arrived, and he has spoiled me. I am spurled by Doc Rivers, and I love you, Glenn Doc Rivers. You got your nickname because you wore a T-shirt, a Dr. J T-shirt. What a weird, dumb story that is. He showed up in a Dr. J T-shirt, and they called him Doc when he was a kid playing basketball, and the rest is history. So, golly, you got your Ph.D. in wins, my friend. Congratulations. You are seven wins away. From being in the top 10 all time, you are one win away from tying Red Auerbach. You are two wins away from surpassing Red Auerbach. And then you're gaining on Bill Fitch. Auerbach, you're next. Then Fitch. Two Celtic champion coaches. Three, really, if you include Doc Rivers. Pretty cool. Pretty cool the way it all worked out. Before I end the show, I want to say Burbank Hank, Hollywood Hank, whatever you're calling yourself these days, I miss you. And I mentioned throwing shade on something completely different. I'm going to do that real quick. <laughs> I listened to another Clippers podcast, and it took them at least two full minutes to talk about the Clippers. There was a 30-second commercial for the network you were listening to first, and then there was a full minute of weather talk and slow, boring talk of my flu. I have the flu. My God. Go back to the beginning of my show. When do I start talking about the Clippers? Is it minute two after you hear about the weather in a state that stinks? Jesus Christmas. Sorry. All right. So enough shade thrown on that nonsense. Who cares? I love all Clippers podcasts. I love all Clippers media. I love all Clippers talk. My favorite Clipper podcast is Clipcast. My second favorite Clippers podcast is Clip City with Jovan Buha. 
Burbank Hanks favorite Clippers podcast is Clipcast. His second favorite Clippers podcast is Locked on Clippers. My favorite Clippers podcast all time is Clipcast. My second favorite Clippers podcast all time is The Loaded Clip. Now we're all caught up. And I love all Clipper talk. I love all L.A. basketball talk. That's not true. I hate L.A. sports radio because they don't talk about my sweet, sweet Clippers enough. They only talk about the dreaded L word. I only love Clipper talk, and I really specifically love positive Clipper talk. We can turn on what's-his-name Wright, whose middle name is Sure Ain't. I don't know, Max Wright, Mark Wright, Ben Wright. All I know is his name should be Sure Ain't Wright because he hates the Clippers, and he is such a—what is it? What is it the guy on Twitter said? Boo-thang? <laughs> LeBron is his boo thing. This guy, Nick Wright. Nick ain't right. I hate listening to his Clipper talk. He's a certified moron. He's a functioning piece of toast. Put some butter on him because he's a piece of toast. I don't know what that means, but he is burnt toast. Clipper talk. Clipper realists. Let's hear you. We are undefeated when healthy. A perfect 10-0. Holy crap, look at the time I gotta go. Sound the horn. (laughs) 